Hello. Now, this is episode nine of season seven. Over the past eight weeks, Duane and I have been taking you through the stages of home construction. And this is a bonus episode. So it's actually an extract from an interview that's inside my online course, Manage Your Build, and it'll give you a sneak preview to that information. Look, in this interview, Despina Priala of Priala Legal provides fantastic tips and insight into building and renovating contracts and what you need to know. And I think you're going to find it super helpful. It's why I couldn't keep it from you. So I hope you really enjoy listening to this snippet. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together, we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Now, before I introduce Despina, let me say this first. The information contained in this interview does not constitute legal advice and anyone who is reading or listening is strongly recommended to seek independent legal advice concerning their contract or transaction. Look, your building contract is like any other contract that you're signing in your life. We really recommend that you get formal legal advice from it. for it. It's a really big step and it's one big thing that I see homeowners skip uh, when they're proceeding with construction on their project. And so, you know, this podcast episode is really going to help you understand some of the key things to look for. We still really recommend that you seek formal legal advice for your project and for your contract, okay? So this doesn't replace that, all right? Just so you know. Now, let me tell you about Despina Priala. So Despina Priala has practiced in property and commercial law on the Gold Coast for over 25 years now. She has substantial experience in this area with career highlights, including her appointment as in-house counsel for Sunland Group, which is a prestigious Australian property development business. Despina established Priala Legal in 2007 to provide specialised boutique legal services to developers and to other property players within the southeast Queensland market. Despina has some fantastic tips to share with you and to really help you avoid some of the mistakes that homeowners make when it comes to building or renovation contracts, okay? These mistakes can create huge headaches, budget blowouts, and even more significant issues such as unfinished projects. Despina talks about the things to know before you sign a contract, some specific terminology to be aware of and what to look for in your contract and ultimately how you're going to best work with your builder according to your contract to really get the best results for your project and to manage your risk overall. Now, Despina is Queensland-based and she talks in this episode uh, about Queensland legislation specifically. However, if you don't live in Queensland, please don't tune out, okay? Listen to the terminology, the mechanisms that she's talking about, and then use that information to ask questions of your builder, your lawyer, because you can apply the same strategies, okay? This will definitely be around things like, you know, your deposit and how much you should be paying and what are the conditions, what paperwork the builder must give you as part of signing the contract, you know, 
things like if you have a cooling off period, how long it is, what you might be waiving. There's there's lots of things like this that will apply to any contract that you're signing with your builder. Okay, so just because Despina is Queensland based, don't tune out, all right? Really listening to it and use it as a toolkit for you to be able to have these conversations with your own builder and your own lawyer. Now, this interview with Despina, we recorded it over Skype, okay? So the sound quality may not be what you're used to from the UA podcast. However, it's so worth a careful listen because Despina gives some incredible insight uh, and offers so much value in this interview about what you need to consider for your project's contract. This is super useful information for anyone who is planning to build or renovate their home. So let's dive in. So thank you so much for joining me, Despina. It's great to have you here and be sharing this information with the UA community. Thank you very much, Amelia, for the invitation. I'm very happy to be here and participate in your interview. Brilliant. So I've got some questions here that I know are questions that lots of homeowners ask about their projects when they're thinking about contracts and and what they need to know. So we'll dive straight in. And the first one that is sort of I see a lot of people struggle with is just the different types of contracts when it comes to building and renovating. But the two main ones that we see a lot of in residential renovations and and new builds is the fixed price contract and then the cost plus contract. Can you just explain a little bit about the difference between those two types of contracts? Yes, I can. And just before I do, what I'd also like to pick up on is what you said in the beginning, and that is that when you enter into a build contract, it's like any other legal contract, and it's probably one of the most important legal contracts you'll enter into. You've already made an investment with the uh, land, the site that you purchase, where you're going to do your build. So you've already got an inherent value in that. And with the bill contract, there's a value there as well. So you need to get proper advice before you enter into a bill contract. Um, very, very important. I can't stress this enough. So today we're going to talk about some very important points that you need to be aware of as a general guide and give you that knowledge, that basic knowledge. But you always need to go see a lawyer before you sign the contract, not after you've signed the contract. So true. So true. Yeah. After you've signed it, it's too late, isn't it? So... Well, it is. There's always calling off provisions, which we're going to get into today. Um, But the thing is, is that once you've signed it, it's one, it's difficult to renegotiate terms before you, uh, after you sign it. And two, um, sometimes with calling off provisions, there's consequences of terminating as well. So yeah, always important to get that advice before you sign. But the first question that you've got, if we go to that straight away, is your fixed price and uh, your lump sum contracts and versus the cost plus contracts. So the, I suppose it's in the name, your fixed price or your lump sum uh, basically is a, a price, a fixed price that you've agreed to for your build upfront with your builder. And in that contract, you're going to have obviously the value of the works that you've agreed to. And you're going to have obviously agreed deposits, agreed progress payments, all of that's in your contract. And there's provisions for variations, which we'll get into later, but it's essentially a fixed price. If we talk about a cost plus contract, there's no fixed price per se. So you've got inherent in there built in a cost plus is essentially an estimate of what the value of the build could be, but it's not fixed. So it can increase. There can be cost overruns. There's risks with that. And where I've seen cost plus contracts used predominantly Uh, or mostly, is where the build is going to be a difficult build. 
So you're not talking about your standard residential build. You're talking about um, multi-level residential house, um, quite high in value, perhaps difficult to estimate from the beginning because of perhaps where the site is. Maybe it's a sloping site. Uh, maybe there's other difficulties, access difficulties, um, a whole range of issues. And the builder has said, look, we need to go to a cost plus. So more so for that, if the builder has recommended or suggested, you need to get advice. Absolutely. You need to get advice, whatever build contract it is, but more importantly for cost plus, because I have found that most people don't understand this. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people, in my experience, a lot of homeowners will think that a cost plus is actually going to save them money because they think that, well, they can sort of uh, quantify the amount of what the cost is and then they're just playing the difference for the labour of the builder. But, you know, we've, we've, I've spoken with a few builders and, and you can see that a lot of homeowners don't understand that they're paying for pretty much all of the builder's time rather than it being built into that fixed price. And there's a lot of risk and uncertainty in where that final cost will actually end up when you sign a cost plus contract. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's and, right. And that's when you get your disputes um, and, and that's always a problem. Uh, so uh, it's not always used. It can be used. And if it is, you need to get advice up front. But that's essentially the, the major difference between the two. Yeah, that's great clarification. Thank you. Now, there's a few different types of contracts in Australia. So, you know, the uh, Housing Industry Association has a bundle of contracts, the Master Builders has a bundle of contracts, and then there's also their ABIC contracts as well. You know, in terms, all of these have differences. Can you just speak a little bit about, you know, what you really recommend people do based on the kinds of contracts that they're being presented with by their builder and how they protect themselves and understand what might be the differences and the best direction for them to move forward in? Sure, absolutely. So you do have different forms of contracts. You have your master builders contracts, for example, in Queensland, your, your housing industry association contracts. You've got other forms of contracts. Some builders do their own form of contracts. So the most important thing is to make sure that the contracts are compliant with your relevant state legislation. And how do you do that? You've got to go see a lawyer. So uh, even if the front of the contract, whether it's a HIA contract, whether it's a master builders contract, um, if it's got a front cover and you might feel assured that, oh, it's an industry-approved contract, it shouldn't dispense with the need to see a lawyer. still very important because what the builder can do is even though the standard contract's being used, they can go in and change things, add special conditions, take out standard terms, as long as it doesn't breach the legislation, um, they can do that. That's all part of the negotiation process. So that's why it's important to get advice about your form of contract, whatever it is. And particularly, the most important is to make sure it's compliant with the legislation. So, yeah, and a lot of builders do use their own forms. They do, so don't they? And it can be a minefield because you can't know what's actually been changed unless you do go and speak to a lawyer about it. So, Yeah, it well, that's exactly tricky. right. And as a layperson, as a homeowner who's never been involved in this process before, and even if you have been involved in once or twice before, every build is different. How are you going to uh, understand or know the difference between a builder's own form of contract and a HIA or another form of contract? And how do you know it's compliant? Yeah, yeah. that's great advice to Spainer. Now, I'm sure you've seen lots of mistakes in your role in terms of some of the uh, things that homeowners have fallen foul of or... Uh, areas that they've really got into trouble with their contracts you know before we jumped on we were talking about there's key mistakes when signing and then there's key mistakes when they're actually building 
Can you take us through some of those mistakes that people make when they're actually signing their contract? And I can imagine not seeing a lawyer is one of those big mistakes. But what are some of the mistakes that you do see people make and that you really encourage people to try and avoid so that they don't run into problems with their renovation or building project? Yeah, absolutely. So there's quite a few. Uh, So when signing, so we're talking about the pre-signing stage, really. You've spoken to the builder, you've got an understanding generally of what they're going to do and what you want them to do, uh, and you've agreed as to a price, for example. But there are some other aspects to it. And yes, number one is go see a lawyer. Even if the builder says, look, it's my standard contract, I do this all the time, I've got hundreds of different clients, doesn't matter. Go and spend the time to see a lawyer who's experienced in this area of the law. So that's number one. Do that before you sign. The other thing is is that people uh, in society, as you very well know, are becoming much more savvy with everything and uh, more sophisticated with uh, different aspects. And this is one of them. So people can become more empowered with understanding how build contracts work and that's really, really important. So it won't dispense with seeing with a lawyer. That's not the idea. The idea is to acquire the basic knowledge yourself. Uh, and one of the things that I would recommend uh, is for a homeowner to become familiar with, in Queensland, uh, the relevant uh, website, which is the Queensland Building Construction Commission uh, website, and that is the body that governs Uh, building contracts in Queensland. If you actually jump on that website and you navigate through the website and you become familiar with that, you actually start to realise it's not as uh, complicated um, as you might think and it's uh, something that you could probably do and I suggest everyone does. So become familiar with the different sections, um, different aspects of it, what you can learn and pick up on. There's lots of different notes that they have issued, I'm sure like the other bodies in other states. So become empowered, acquire the basic knowledge. Uh, Part of that is to uh, conduct some due diligence on the building yourself, which is really important. Um, You can have your lawyer do it and it will cost you um, additional fees and they might still do that anyway uh, to a certain extent. But you can actually go on there yourself and go on the website, for example, in Queensland, you can type in the builder's name or the builder's licence number and you can actually get so much information by doing that. You can get... Uh, details on the builder itself, their history, their building history, whether orders have been made against them, whether there's been disciplinary orders, tribunal orders, uh, rectification orders, and also what their um, their financial capacity is for builds, uh, the type of builds. There's a range of information. And if you just jump on there and, and, uh, and acquire that information up front, that's going to, I think, put you ahead of understanding who your builder is that's great advice. Yeah, because I yeah. see I see homeowners, I've seen a few homeowners get into trouble where the builder themselves has shown them their license and they've just taken that at face value and they've not checked themselves. And then they find out that that license was actually for another business that's been cancelled or they've um, or the builder is actually trading under a different name, but they've not made the connection seeing the different name in the contracts. And there's there's quite a few examples where people have have um, you know, builders manage to get another license under a different uh, role. Um, yes. And in New South Wales, that happens a lot. They might get their own business shut down, but then they become, can become a superintendent for somebody else's business. And and on those websites, on all of the, wherever you are, there will be a governing body for builders and their licensing and tradespeople and their licensing in your area. 
you can jump on there and check all of their licenses and see the history of those licenses under their name, under their builder's you know, company name, all those types of things, and see all of that information for yourself so that you can be really confident that you're choosing the right person to work with. It's just, um, it's really takes you know, 10 minutes and it's um, for your peace of mind and that due, that importance of due diligence, it's um, it's essential, isn't it? That's exactly right. So unfortunately in this day and age, some things you can't take at face value and there is a long history, not just in Queensland and other states where builders uh, have gone bust, they've gone belly up, they've left homeowners stranded. It's in the news. You can Google so many stories about it yourself. So because that's out in the public and people are aware of that, you need to say to yourself, okay, well, here's a builder. They've given me their life with details. I'm going to look that up for myself. Make sure that they're not disqualified. Make sure that they're not suspended. Make sure that their license is current and that they've actually got uh, authority to build uh, medium density, whether it's other forms of type of residential construction. Make sure that they actually can do that. And if they have rectification orders in place, have a look at those. Find out more information. Are they still current? Have they complied with them? Especially disciplinary orders or whether people have taken them to court, the tribunal in Queensland. So it's really, really important. So do your due diligence. There's no real reason why you shouldn't do it. Yes. So you should. Yeah. Great advice. <laughs> so understand um, that you can do due diligence and do that yourself. Get your legal advice up front. Understand the scope of works. So it's very, very important. So we're not all builders. I'm not a builder. I'm not, I don't have that expertise. But if I was going to engage a builder, I would want to understand the scope of works. What are you actually building me? Is it described sufficiently in the contract? So make sure that that's all uh, understood up front and that's discussed in detail with the builder and that you understand that. Understand how the payments are going to work. So understand how your deposit works. How much are you paying up front? What are my progress payments? Um, that I have to make under the contract. And that's why you should get legal advice, amongst many other reasons, is because um, in Queensland there's uh, particular rules about how much deposit a builder can request for a certain contract. So they cannot go over a certain percentage, uh, depending on the type of contract that it is and the value of the works that are being performed. So if you don't know that, your builder could do the wrong thing and request, for example, a 10% deposit up front. Maybe they're only allowed to ask for 5% deposit up front. Um, so those, that's really, really important to, to understand. The other thing is to, to have a look at your contract, and again, the lawyer should tell you this, in terms of the security that the builder is requesting. So you own the site, you're engaging the builder to build on your site, and the builder has certain restrictions in terms of the security that they can actually claim. So in years gone by, builders used to lodge caveats over land as security for performance of uh, the build contract. So nowadays that's not really commonplace, I can say. So builders usually request a retention amount that's held in a security account that's in joint names with the builder and the homeowner, for example. So understanding how that works understanding how people can access that money up front, uh, sorry, down the track with the with that joint account and when and how that's payable uh, later on for uh, the security amount. Yeah, you definitely want to get legal advice, wouldn't you? If you're about to put a deposit of a certain amount of money into a joint account with somebody else's name on it, you know, you, you, you just can't imagine doing that without getting legal advice about how you get access to that money again and what risk that money is at of being 
of belonging to somebody else down the track. Like that, that to me just seems like a no-brainer that you would get advice about that. Um, yeah, well, that's exactly right. And making sure that the amount that the builder wants is reasonable. And there are standard terms in our contracts about when that, that security or retention amount can be accessed. But understanding how that works, so that's very important. Mm. Um, understanding how the home warranty insurance scheme, for example, in Queensland, works and understanding, so that's part of your due diligence. So looking up your builder, making sure that they are licensed, that they're current, that there's no suspensions in place uh, and making sure that uh, they actually will have the home warranty scheme put in place for your build. And how do you do that? So. Part of your contract here in Queensland is, for example, that the builder should give you and has to give you a copy of the receipt for the insurance premium paid. So that's really important. So don't be afraid to ask the builder that because the builder has to give it to you anyway under Queensland contracts. So you need to understand that that's part of talking to the builder, understanding how it all works. And that's saying, a great okay, tip, Dustina. Yeah. It's really, really important. So you as the homeowner actually have to pay that premium. That's how it works in Queensland. So you actually have to pay that and the builder pays it to the relevant body on your behalf, but you are actually entitled to see the receipt and actually entitled to see a certificate of the insurance that the builder will have for your site. Yeah, fantastic tip because you can imagine a lot of homeowners would be quite nervous to ask for that, but when they actually are empowered to know that it's within their right to see it, then that changes the game completely. It really puts you on the front foot in terms of understanding what your role is and what you're entitled to. That's exactly right. So that brings me to the next point, which is the cooling off provisions. Now, I can only obviously talk about Queensland. Um, Queensland's had a major overhaul with legislation in the last 18 months. So in Queensland, we're talking about primarily domestic build contracts, okay? So we do have cooling off provisions that apply for domestic build contracts in Queensland. And there's a lack of understanding actually amongst professionals as well in the industry about how the cooling off provisions work. So builders are supposed to give you a copy of the consumer building guide in Queensland and the cooling off provisions apply. It's generally five business days but it's the calculation of the timing and, and when that time period commences. Okay. So we're talking about timing as to when the homeowner and the build builder signs and when the homeowner is actually given a copy of that consumer building guide uh, build guide and all of that calculates your five business days. Now in Queensland there are actually restrictions on the cooling off as well okay. which homeowners need to understand. So if you as a homeowner get legal advice about your bill contract before you sign and I always encourage that 100% of the time and you obtain that independent legal advice, so we're not talking about the builder's lawyer, when I talk about independent legal advice, you get your own lawyer and you see them and they're independent of the builder and you get that advice and you get that prior to signing, you're actually not entitled to a cooling off. Ah, wow. A lot That's of people important don't to know, isn't it? Yeah. It's actually uh, a provision put in the QBCC Act in Queensland I'm talking about and there's restrictions on the cooling off and how it applies and a lot of people aren't aware of that. So... One of the restrictions is, yes, if you get independent legal advice and you obtain that and you actually tell the builder I've obtained independent legal advice or the builder is aware that you've obtained independent legal advice prior to signing, then you're calling off period or provisions don't, don't they apply. Okay. And, and the, the, the logic behind that is 
that if you get a bill contract and you go and get legal advice and that's explained to you and then you enter into it, you shouldn't then be calling off, should you? Falling off. Mm. That's exactly the whole point. And from the time you get the bill contract to the time you actually engage a lawyer, from the time you actually get that advice, you pretty much already passed the five days. So that's the logic behind it. The other restriction is is that if you um, have entered into a prior contract with the builder, pretty uh, pretty much the substantially the same for the same type of build, the same uh, site, same provisions um, as um, so the first contract. So you're going into a second contract, there's no cooling off. So if you were doing so, a staged build or something like that, is that when that would kind of thing would happen? No, I'm talking about more if you've entered into a contract with a builder and for whatever reason that build contract is terminated, okay, then you okay. enter into a second contract substantially the same as the prior contract, right? That is a restriction. You don't have a cooling off. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Yeah, so those are the two restrictions and homeowners need to be aware because everyone talks about cooling off in Queensland particularly and everyone thinks I've got five days, I'll sign it, then I've got five days. And if you don't see a lawyer and you sign it, note that you do only have five days as well to get that legal advice before you can actually terminate. That's important as well. But it's, un- it's important to understand how the cooling off works. Yeah, that's a fantastic tip and I think for anybody wherever they are to really understand what their own conditions are around that cooling off I mean it seems it it makes me nervous to think that people go I'm going to sign it anyway and I'm going to buy myself that five days to get that you know that cooling off period and pull out of it you're far better just to wait this is a big commitment get the legal advice up front then you won't need the cooling off period you'll be making sure that you're signing it correctly and uh, the right contract the first time rather than um, having to pull out and and it's not a great way to build a relationship with with a builder either just to sign something and and know that you've got that buffer period to put back out if you need to because once you sign it they put a bunch of stuff in train as well and make commitments and it um it's not great for sort of building trusting relationships with your builder either so yeah I think that that's um Get legal advice. I think that's going to be the resounding message throughout this video, just Vayner, isn't it? It is, absolutely. And people shouldn't be worried to tell builders this, not at all, Um, because as I said from the beginning, people are becoming more savvy with investing, um, buying property, uh, building, and builders expect it. So builders um, are not going to say to someone, if they do, that's a red flag, um, oh, don't bother getting legal advice. Uh, you know, builders who are reputable, who are experienced, would expect homeowners to get advice. Yeah, Absolutely. well, you got advice when you probably bought the land or you bought the house. So if you're going to be able to, sp- you're going to invest this money on, uh, and you would have got, you know, legal advice signing probably the mortgage on it and all of those types of things, then you, yeah, it just makes sense that you do this. It's a small investment for a large peace of mind and management of your risk overall. So. I think it's oh, well, that's exactly right. We could do a whole other session about signing contracts for, <laughs> you know, existing land or existing houses, and I can't tell people enough, I can't tell my clients enough, don't sign anything without checking with us first. It takes a very short period of time to check a contract. It's not going to take days and days, especially with electronic communications these days. Um, it, you just can't survive like that. You get an answer pretty quick, just don't sign it. It doesn't matter how much third parties are pushing you to sign. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you need to. You need to, as I was alluding to before, become empowered, have that knowledge, acquire that knowledge, and own it. So it's your land. You are the customer. 
you are engaging the builder to perform work for you. So take the time and understand everything up front before you sign. Love it. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Variation is probably one of the major problems that we find with homeowners. They don't understand how variations work. So variations, any variation to the price has to be in writing. You can't have a builder say, oh, I think I've got the price wrong. I think we have to add 20, 30,000. Um, and you go, oh, okay. <laughs> so if there are any variations have got to be in writing, number one. And number two, you've got to agree to it. You can't just have a builder run off and do a variation uh, without you agreeing to it and then give you a variation price down the track after the work's already been completed. I mean, that would be against the legislation in Queensland anyone, anyway, and I suspect the same in other states. So understanding that variations have to be in writing and agreed to. Yeah, that's something that's really important. A lot of people don't understand. The, some, sometimes there is scope in um, some of the contracts that allows builders to carry out variation work if it's going to cause, obviously, if, the, if something happens on site and it's going to cause damage or... Yes or jeopardise yeah. the site safety in any way, they can execute that work and um, and charge the variation for it within that justification. However, they, they can't just change things and add on extra money and do any of those things unless they do provide it in writing. And it's something a lot of homeowners don't understand. And they I see this relationship happen with homeowners generally where they it's almost like they feel like they're the employee of the builder and not the other way around. They don't build this kind of collaborative relationship. They've feel like the, the builder is like they're actually beholden to the builder and and so they don't inform themselves about that specific process and legislation around things like variations and when you're trying to manage your budget on site you know variations can be quite hairy because they're often at a higher builder's margin and you're obviously having to find the money when you've already committed to a contract sum up front so yeah understanding that Every contract I've seen has a due process outlined in its, you know, its contract definitions for how variations need to be handled. If your builder is not handling them that way, you need to pull them up on it and make sure that it's not being done casually because it'll always catch you out. I see build, homeowners say, oh, we're just juggling it as we go. The builder's doing stuff for us for free here. They said if we, if they, if they runs out of money, we'll do it later and then they'll charge for us. It never works like that. It always ends um, badly towards the end because the money's never there so it's not like they get to catch that up anywhere so it's really important that you follow due process right from the beginning and Dwayne who's the builder that's um has been working inside this course and and has been on the podcast as well you know he speaks about the fact that they just charge variations right from the get-go because then the communication is very clear it's always in writing and everybody's really informed about that process overall so I'm, uh, it's great that you pointed that out because a lot of homeowners yeah, they run that far too casually with their builder and it gets them into so much trouble. So, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And that comes to the next point where they go hand in hand and that is understanding the scope of works and the description of the works and being happy with the description and, and the proposed uh, finishes and understanding how they're priced. So that's really important. So, yes, you can't be casual and just uh, ring up the building and go, oh, you know what, I think I want to change this. Aspect A, aspect B, can we do this, that? And the builder will go, sure. And you're not understanding that every time you ask for a change, it's going to increase your price. You, you just have to have that in the, in the back of your mind. Variation equals increase in price. <laughs> so, you know, that, that is the good way to proceed. So you have to always have that in the back of your mind and say, okay, well, the builder's not there to be my friend. 
The builder is there to make money, right? And they're making money off me. And that includes variations. And the builders always bank on variations. So when you get your price and it's fixed price, you go, whoa, this is not bad. This is pretty good. Yes, okay. Then step back, have a look at your scope of works, your description of the works, and your finishes. And then when you actually get into the nitty-gritty, you might find, oh, it's pretty basic. Actually, that's not what I was wanting. I was wanting a little bit higher spec finishes. So let's talk to the builder up front before you sign, and let's talk about the types of finishes and whether we can look at the price. Because if you do it down the track, you've already signed, there's variations, Chris's and price. Yeah. That's fantastic. Despina, thank you so much for your time. You've been so generous with your information. And I really appreciate you sharing your expertise and your knowledge with the UA community. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. And thank you for inviting me again to participate. Cheers. Wasn't that fantastic? I really hope that you found that interview helpful. And as I said, it's only a snippet of what is inside uh, my online program, Manage Your Build. So inside the online course, Despina and I talk about contracts, what to be aware of so that you can manage your risk and what you can really do to protect yourself as you build or renovate your home. And there's also more discussion on contracts inside the course uh, as Dwayne and I, we dive into it from a builder's perspective as well. Now, as you've been learning across the this season, understanding the stages of home construction, it's really critical to you knowing that you're getting what you're paying for as your renovation or building project comes to life on site. The construction phase can seem really overwhelming and with so much money leaving your account, with so many people involved and terminology and processes that you may not understand, there can be a lot at stake in the finished outcome of your home and it's no wonder that this can mean that it's stressful and confusing for the uninitiated. This is exactly why I created Manage Your Build. I've been talking a lot about this program over the course of this season. And at the time of recording this bonus episode of the podcast, we've actually had over 130 homeowners join Manage Your Build and get informed so that they can simplify the construction of their build or reno. And that's just so exciting because I think that's over 130 homes that processes will go far more smoothly where homeowners will actually be able to be confident that they're getting what they're paying for and be able to work really well with their builder uh, to feel in control of their project and be really proactive on site. Now, Manage Your Build is a DIY course, okay? So when you join, you have immediate access to all of the content. There's interviews, bonuses, transcripts, audio recordings. You can binge on it all in one weekend if you want to, or you can take it through a little bit slower and do it step by step. I've broken all of the content down into bite-sized chunks. So even if you've only got 15 minutes to dive in, you can jump in, you can watch a video, you can mark off your progress, and you can keep moving forward in your learning. You know, even if you found a brilliant builder doing this course, it's going to help you be so much more confident in communicating with them and keep you proactive in your project so that you can be tracking progress and really feeling like you're in control. And of course, this is going to totally help you avoid ever bringing that dodgy builder on board your project in the first place. Some of the most avoidable mistakes that a homeowner makes is that they actually blindly enter the project. I see homeowners say that they just, you know, they felt naive or or perhaps they were too trusting. Uh, they felt out of their depth about asking questions. They're worried that they'll look silly or they just, you know, they want to trust experts that they'll just move their project along. Look, this is your investment, okay? Your investment of time, of money and energy 
and it's ultimately your finished home. And you staying involved and informed, that's that's how you can be sure that you're getting what you're paying for at the end. Manage your build is the information that you need to do this, okay? It's what will arm you to simplify construction, to be confident and to stay sane, to be able to start your build in the best possible position so that you can manage your risk and your budget and you can track progress on your project as your home comes to life, all right? Now, if you want to find out more information about how you can join this program, just head to manageyourbuild.com.au. Now, in the next episode, we're having a little season interlude, okay, before we start off season eight. So over the next few episodes, I'm going to be sharing some insights for your home that I learned on my recent trip to the USA. If you're following Undercover Architect on social media, you may have seen that I spent three weeks in the States and I had an incredible time meeting and connecting with other industry people, attending the American Institute of Architects uh, National Conference and learning loads that I I know is going to be really helpful for your project wherever you're located. I'm also going to be giving you some more information about how you'll have the opportunity to work directly with me and to get my advice and support in your project in a super affordable way. Okay, so stay tuned for those upcoming episodes. Until next time, bye.